Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio. Your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from guillotineleagues.com, here's your host, Paul Charchian. Welcome to the show. It is episode number four, season number 26 of Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian. My co-hosts today are Brian Johnson, guillotineleagues.com, and Matt Harrison, who's just spun up a brand new site called shockfantasy.com. Yes. Yes. We will get you ready. It's We're, we're hitting drafting season, guys. I'm in the middle of four email drafts right now, I think. Nice. It'd be three email and one auction. It's, you know, there's... I would call it know. ultimate drafting season. It's kind of been drafting season for a while. Yeah, well, for some Finding of us in the industry, but yes. But most no, people... This is peak getting Getting into it now, I think, this is the first, the first week where I feel like there's really a lot of momentum happening with fantasy drafts. We're here to get you ready in a wide variety of ways. We're going to talk through some of the notes from training camps. We will take one of the deep dive data points that we usually only have at our in-person live fantasy football training camp, which this year is not happening. That deals <laughs> So with, lucky you guys who didn't come yeah, to training camp yeah, ever. Has there better been a, a better uh, spot for the sad trombone ski than <laughs> no. It, you know what? It, it really TC. is. It really is sad. We're there. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. keep that sad trombone ski keep warmed up today. Okay, okay good. Um, <laughs> we will tell you about the, the things that happen inside the five yard line that you need to know about. This is one of my favorite deep analytical dives. We're going to touch on every single team and what they do inside the five and how that can benefit your fantasy team. We've got three tough questions. We'll identify the players we like, but we hate their average draft position. So we never end up with them. And it's not that we just hate these guys. We just won't pay their price. It's like love the player, hate the game. It is kind of like that. And then at the end of the show, we'll have our sleepers. And Matt Harrison will tell you how to capitalize on the first month of the season. I'm a big believer in fast starts. When you start three and one, four and oh, four and one, five and oh, 
you've got a lot of roster equity going and life becomes a whole lot easier. You can start transitioning even at that point already to some advanced thinking. So lots to get to over the course of the show. We begin with notes from almost every team around the league. And Matt, let's start with the Panthers. Uh, Russell Okung, uh, who we talked about last week when we said he's considering retirement due to COVID, he's still not playing in camp because he's dealing with some back issues as well. So there's lingering stuff with Okung, and it's looking more and more likely that he might not be ready for the beginning of the season or at all this year. You know, I'm so nervous about the Panthers' offense in general that I'm having an increasingly hard time Keeping Christian McCaffrey at pick 101. I'm going to ruin that for you in the schedule analysis part of the show. Good. I hope that's right. Uh, Brian, let's go to the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, not going to Oakland. Uh, Out of Raiders camp, Brian Edwards looks to be the guy over Henry Ruggs, who was the first overall wide receiver taken in the draft. We Uh, called that a mistake when they made it. So, uh, yeah, Brian Edwards, if you're in redraft, if you're targeting a a rookie wide receiver, it's him, not Ruggs. And uh, worth mentioning, the Raiders are one of three teams in the running for Jadavion Clowney. Uh, The Titans and the the Seahawks are the other two. And that's worth uh, mentioning because if I got Raiders on my team, I don't want their defense getting any better. <laughs> well, not if you have Josh Jacobs, because exactly. you don't want the negative game script. So uh, the defense would that, help that, Josh. Jacobs. Fair point. Fair point okay. there. But uh, but they're, they're, they might land Clowney. That would be a big signing for anyone who gets them. In Green Bay, AJ Dillon, the second round running back, drawing strong reviews. General Manager Brian Gutekunst compared him to Eddie Lacy this week in a good way. Uh, social media blew up with photos of his Herculean legs. I think that was mostly due to the fact he was wearing Hooter shorts. <laughs> they were. Well, <laughs> they're I, the tiniest think, shorts ever. I think they're just tiny on him. <laughs> uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, also noted that A.J. Dillon's skills are great, but he needs to get caught up on the playbook, which is pretty much true for any rookie. And you know what? For running backs, getting caught up on the playbook is not hard. That will happen. Let's go to Washington. Matt. Bryce Love is getting reps with the first team. Mm. So is Dwayne Haskins, by the way, while Alex Smith returned to practice this week. He's not yet part of 11-on-11 drills, Alex Smith as of yet. So Haskins still with the one team, but Bryce Love... He's an interesting guy to keep kind of on your cheat sheet. Put a little bullet next to him. Has Adrian Peterson ever taken a first-team rep? Nope. (laughs) Not in training camp or preseason. Never. And it never matters, by the way. He's always ready to go. It won't make any difference here either. Let's go to Buffalo. Brian. Uh, The Athletics uh, Bills beat reporter Joe Buscaglia (laughs) believes Zach Moss's role is being undersold and head coach Sean McDermott already praising the pass protection skills of Zach Moss. Some of you that have been listening to this show and or podcast going back months have been hearing me tout Zach Moss, the rest of the world, just now starting to catch up. If you want Zach Moss, you can't rely on old ADP. He is going earlier and earlier in drafts I held this past week. He went in pick with picks seven and eight in the first round in yeah. two different drafts. I took in rookie drafts. Yeah, I you took him for one of mine. Over Cam Akers. In the, oh, absolutely. The it's not even close. In the win-now mode, yeah, it was an easy, easy call. By the way, is the happy trombone like the precursor to the peacock? Like, you haven't quite... I actually but probably you, should have peacock. You, you don't have the results yet to no, peacock this, peacock. so you can happy trombone. I mean, it, looked, it still looks good, though. Okay. The Texans, in updating a story from last week's segment, Kenny Stills is now active and practicing. He's still the fourth wide receiver in the pecking order, though. Deshaun Watson, uh, while we're speaking of the receivers, says that Will Fuller is, quote, going to ball out. Mm -hmm. That's good. 
Coach Bill O'Brien says, Will Filler, quote, looks as good as he's ever looked. Now, a lot of those words generally don't mean anything when they actually get to this point, you know, actually start the season. But we, as we have talked about before, if you give me 16 games from Will Fuller, we're talking about a guy who could easily be a top 10-ish wide receiver. Sure. That's the kind of upside we get. Let's go to Tampa Bay, Matt. Offensive tackle Tristan Wirfs has struggled mightily with the first team in practice so far. However, the the real news, the Tampa Bay Bucks official website is saying the standout at camp is Ronald Jones. Yeah, yeah, it's happening. Uh-oh. I think uh I think Ronald Jones it's I think there's no doubt at least based on what we know right now Ronald Jones is the back to have. Yep. Uh which as we've discussed before, it all sounds good until his abysmal pass blocking gets <laughs> Tom Brady killed and then they got to make a change. Brian, let's go to Cleveland. So Nick Chubb suffered a concussion. I don't recall many training camp concussions ever, but he's in concussion protocol right now. Should be good for week 1. Mm-hmm. And a couple quote-unquote, should be ready for week one guys that are very fantasy relevant are Jarvis Han- uh, Landry with a hip injury yeah. and starting center J.C. Treader uh, with a knee injury. So, But one guy who is ready for week one right now or appears to be is OBJ, who looks uh, pretty good. Yeah, on so we're the, seeing on some the classic OBJ film. catches. Yes. But uh, yeah, we, we had to monitor uh, Chubb, Landry, and uh, J.C. Treader, of course. You want your starting center healthy for the start of week one. In Kansas City, when... Clyde Edwards-Alaire had to miss a day of practice this week. It was Daryl Williams who got the first team reps. Hmm. It was not DeAndre Washington, and this is an evolving battle that will be worth watching throughout the preseason because that could be a potentially very valuable handcuff for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Let's go to Detroit, Matt. I saw a headline on ESPN that said, Carryon Johnson not dealing with injury. Yeah, but he's not getting a ton of work in practice either. And Matt Patricia said that was planned, which means yeah. he's the second team player right now. It's DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift is going too late in drafts. Yep. That guy, he's so much better than Carrion Johnson, so much healthier. He's going to get the vast majority of the work there, I believe. Brian, let's go to the New York Jets. Uh, rookie wide receiver Denzel Mims, who is slated to start on the outside opposite of Brashad Perryman, still sidelined with a hamstring injury. Uh, Brashad Perryman... Pretty much unproven to me still in most people. So I like Jameson Crowder even more. I've touted him here uh, multiple times. Uh, yep. Averaged eight targets with a healthy Sam Darnold. He's going to be a PPR monster. And Chris Herndon is lining up as a slot receiver, outside receiver, and tight end right now. <laughs> Whoa. I don't have like any Chris Herndon right now in any of my leagues. I'm kind of sad about it. because I Not think even in good. your tight end only league? No, nope, not even in my tight end only league. Auction <laughs> league, by the way, where the big boys play. Let's go to the Rams. Josh Reynolds, wide receiver, is all but locked up the third receiver job over rookie Van uh, Jefferson. The Rams play a lot of three receiver sets, and Reynolds is going to get a lot of playing time. Currently going off the board as wide receiver 83, hmm. and he's, he's walking into Brandon Cook's role. He's going to run Brandon Cook's routes, and he's wide receiver receiver 83 for Josh Reynolds. Let's go to the Seattle Seahawks. Matt. Um, you remember Philip Dorsett is a Seahawk? Yeah. It's kind of weird, right? Yeah. Pete Carroll just said he's the fastest guy they've ever had in camp. Dang. And they have Tyler Lockett, yeah. who, by the way, is pretty very fast. fast. Yeah. Like, ever had? Ever. Percy Harvin was pretty fast. Well, he said like, Philip Dorsett's the if, fastest guy ever. Well, it's fine, but if if he could, if he were fast and could catch, he'd still be on his original team and, and not his third. Team. DK Metcalf, who like broke all the combine records last year. Brian, let's go to Denver. 
Uh, Broncos coach uh, Vic Fangio said he anticipated both Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay, quote, playing enough where we don't really have to designate a starter. Great. Yeah, that's not we'll, we'll talk more about these guys when we go inside the five uh, later on. Vikings' Irv Smith, tight end, getting a lot of first-team playing time and is expected to line up in the slot a lot more often. The Vikings run a lot of two tight end sets, and so both he and Kyle Rudolph will be on the field together often. So it looks like there's an opportunity for Irv Smith to get some extra reps from what we saw last year. Matt. Let's go to Philadelphia. Miles Sanders considered week to week. That's not good with an undisclosed lower body injury. By the way, Boston Scott, not Scott Fish at Boston Market. No. Uh, he's day-to-day with a lower body injury. Day-to-day is a little better than week to week. So Corey Clement opened the uh, the practice yesterday as the first-team runner with Elijah Holyfield getting some first-team reps too. God, I didn't even think Elijah Holyfield was going to end up in the league this year. Oh, real deal Holyfield. I hope mm-hmm. it happens for him. Brian, Miami. Uh, take your pants off, Charge. Stu Beard appears to be the clear-cut starter yeah, for week baby. one. All that's right. about it. I know. That's great. Well, I, I think he should be the starter. Definitely. Tua looks good, though, in camp there, Sam. But yeah, Fitzpatrick will start. In Pittsburgh, it's positive reviews on Ben Roethlisberger's arm and his return. Remember, he's 38 years old. He's coming off major elbow surgery with three torn ligaments in the elbow. But people are noting good velocity. Accuracy has been inconsistent, but people are saying that it looks like the old arm is there. And it makes you wonder if maybe people are sleeping on this offense a little bit too mm-hmm. much. And he finally conditioned in the offseason, too, it appears, for the first time how, in his career. How about that? Congrats. Let's go, let's go to Dallas. Uh, head coach Mike McCarthy was asked by a member of the press, what's Tony Pollard's usage going to be this year? Mike McCarthy said, I won't discuss that. Because it's going to be a lot. Yep. <laughs> I'm telling you, people. <laughs> if it was nothing... He would say, Zeke's Zeke's our our guy. guy. He didn't want to discuss it. Listen, I'm telling you, this is one of my biggest takes from this offseason. Tony Pollard's role is going to improve a lot. We're going to negotiate an Empire League trade during the break here. I'm interested in that. Let's go to the Patriots, Brian. Uh, Beat writer Mike Reese speculated that the team could deploy a quarterback rotation early in the season, and Belichick didn't rule it out. But Jarrett Siddham... By all accounts, looked bad. Yeah, and he's nursing a leg injury. Uh, not expected to practice much on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It, Cam's still going to get the job, but there's a, of course it's New England, so they're mussing things up out there. In San Francisco, wide receiver Jalen Hurd went on uh, went on IR with a torn ACL, and of course, as you probably remember, Debo Samuel nursing a foot injury as well. So. Brandon Ayuk's going to start. Trent Taylor and Dante Pettis are also getting first-team reps, and that looks that might be your starting group for week one for the 49ers. Let's go to the New York Giants. Matt. If you're in a league with kickers, Graham Gano just got signed, and they released Chandler Catanzaro. That's it. Uh, let's go to the Titans. Uh, Corey Davis, who was on the pup list, was cleared to practice on Monday. Uh, running back Darrington Evans, the rookie uh, who should back up Derrick Henry has fumbled twice already, so just play Derrick Henry every down. And if they did, he'd be RB1 <laughs> overall in my mind if he got like 50 to 60 targets per year. And uh, tight, the tight ends coach loves Jonu Smith, Charge. Yeah, Talk baby. Yeah. Jonu Smith. I can't, I can't quite <laughs> yet, but I can. Yeah, uh, Jonu Smith, baby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why is your hand inside your shirt? Do I need to hand you this roll of paper towels over here? That was quite the look. In Baltimore, the media is gushing over Mark Andrews. He's running through the second and third levels of a very good Ravens defense. Healthier than last year, and with Hayden Hurst in Atlanta, everybody expects a, another leap from Mark Andrews this year. He is my tight end number three, but I believe going off the board at tight end four or five in most drafts right now. 
Matt, uh, Matt, let's go to Atlanta. Uh, really nice reports about Brian Hill and Kadri Allison in practice. It seems like the Falcons are prepping their fan base <laughs> for their backups <laughs> yeah, to uh, take over in the inevitable gonna... case that Todd Gurley is missing time. Yeah, which is going to happen, and we've got Ido Smith who's still in that mix as well. Uh, Bengals, Brian? Uh, starting cornerback Trey Waynes, who you might remember if uh, you're a local Minnesotan here, underwent surgery to report, uh, report, repair a torn uh, pec and is expected to miss most of 2020. So that hurts the defense and kind of helps the offense outside of Joe Mixon. Matt, we go to Arizona for the Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins missed a handful of practices with a hamstring tweak, but he returned to the field yesterday. And for the Jaguars, Brian. Uh, Rykel Armstead uh, activated from the, the COVID list, and he was a fifth-round rookie last year out of Temple, and he, he showed some flashes, and this is worth mentioning because he could push Leonard Fournette for mm-hmm. some work. Who yes. Jacksonville is on their way. Out. They're done with him, essentially. So Rykel Armstead is worth a uh, late-round flyer right All now. Right. Matt, Chicago Bears will round out your final team. Ready for the, the sounder charge? Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky are currently alternating days as the starter in camp. Cordero Patterson, by the way, is sitting in on running back meetings. This is his. I'm telling you, this is his best position as running back. Yeah. Chicago. And by the way, there, that with that running backs, they've got, that's not, you could be the best running back on roster. He might be. Chicago's going to have the number one pick next year. Oh, no. Yes, not. they are. Oh, come on. The, the, defense, defense, the defense is good enough. Is, no, yeah. Not good enough. It doesn't matter. No, that's, too, too many that's problems. Absurd. You'll see. <laughs> All right, Brian, you know, wrap up this lunacy of yours with the Chargers, please. Sorry to have uh, such great. Now, that's a, team, that's a team that could be, that could have the first pick. No, not no, Their defense is pretty good, too. Yeah, that's right. Justin Jackson looks locked into the backup running back role. We all love Austin Eckler, but keep your eye on Joshua Kelly. He's going to usurp uh, Jackson sooner than later. All right, there you go. We've gone around all, almost all 32 teams. A couple of teams didn't have much worth mentioning. And so, you know, we care about your time and what actually matters. If you want to play the freshest new format in fantasy football, it's called the Guillotine League. 17 teams start the season, and the, each week, the low-scoring team gets eliminated, and their entire roster goes to the waiver wire where pandemonium ensues. If you'd like to play along, go to guillotineleagues.com. When we come back, inside the five-yard line, what's the one thing you need to know from every team inside the five-yard line and why it's so important for you to know when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Churchin. My co-hosts are Matt Harrison and Brian Johnson. Every year at our Fantasy Football Training Camp, a live event in Minneapolis, we unveil what every team's tendencies are inside the five. And we should say so you unveil them. Well, that, okay. that's, I, it's, that's it's been your my bit. Thing. It's been yeah. my bit. Now, this, now you're passing the book. I'm, yeah. Now, I'm now you're making us work. do your I, work. Right, what the heck? We're dividing up three ways. We're going to talk about every team and what they do inside the five and why you should care. Well, why should you care? Number one, that's where touchdowns are scored. And hmm. breaking news, fantasy players like touchdowns. It's easy fantasy points from inside the five. This is where great fantasy players score, and they do so copiously inside the five. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, well, it's what about the other 95 yards, blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing. I want you to think of a number. How many touchdowns do you think were scored from inside the five last year? And I like to call the it the infrared zone. Yeah, you lie. I kind of like infrared yeah. zone. I like that. How many touchdowns were scored inside the five? Put a number in your head. 69. <laughs> nice. Do you believe it was more than 100? 69. Do you <laughs> more than 200? Three, 300 touchdowns from inside the five last year? No. The answer is 504 touchdowns were scored from inside the five-yard line last year in the NFL. That's a lot. 504. Mm. You want a part of that on your fantasy team, as many as possible on your fantasy team. All of them. Yeah, well, all would be ideal. You'd have to have a very large roster to capture all of them. That's a lot of touchdowns. I wouldn't expect that many touchdowns to be scored. In the whole are, you sure, right? exactly. are you sure you didn't count all the touchdowns no. from all year? No, 504 <laughs> okay. touchdowns, which is more than. Nine times. Matt, yeah. you're going to break down Just every team. I want to know, you're going to tell listeners the one thing that people need to know 
We're going to do each team. We're going to start with Carolina from inside the five. Uh, no team threw more passes inside the five-yard line than the uh, Panthers last season with mm. 28. Mm. And you'd think it was Christian McCaffrey I that would saw think it was all Christian those McCaffrey, yes. He only had three targets inside the five. Wow. The infrared zone threat was Curtis Samuel. Hmm. Seven targets. I don't remember that working out too well. What five like receptions. Three touchdowns on the year. He had four touchdowns from inside the infrared zone, okay. which was tied for the most in the league. For receptions. For for touchdown receptions. receptions yeah. Uh, very interesting. Tied with bit. Julio Jones and Zach Ertz. Nice job. I wouldn't have guessed Julio Jones either because he scores so few touchdowns. You wouldn't. Yeah. Nicely done. Uh, Brian, what do people need to know inside the five from the Las Vegas Raiders? Uh, Josh Jacobs had the eighth most attempts inside the infrared. and He turned those into the fourth most yards last year and scored five touchdowns on 50% of his attempts. Now, if he can see attempts like the big boys, the McCaffreys and the Mixons mm-hmm. of the world, we're talking right up there in yeah. RB1, RB1 territory. He, 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 was, he was below them in, in his attempts, but mm-hmm. uh, if he can see those in what will be an improved offense, most will think uh, Josh Jacobs might yeah. be a round one pick that's going in round two. Raiders are a have one of the best offensive lines in football, too, so they should be very effective there. And I'm glad you brought this up. For people that aren't familiar with deep inside the five stuff, what you want from a good running back is right around a 50% conversion rate for touchdowns yeah. on these carries inside the five. Mm-hmm. You want to see 10 carries, five touchdowns. That's what you're looking for in a, for an effective goal line style back. Let's go to the Packers. Last year, Aaron Jones had the sixth most carries from inside the five, and he converted them for 10 touchdowns, which was tied for the most in the league. So the question is, what happens if A.J. Dillon gets half of that that workload? Does that does that strip him of five touchdowns right there from last year and really drop him down maybe a whole round or two in production? And get this as a quick side note, the Green Bay wide receivers caught one pass all year from inside the five wow. last season. Matt, let's go to the uh, Washington football team. Uh, they only scored 11 times from inside the five last year. That was bottom four in the league. And they only had 12 running back carries from inside the five. Adrian Peterson had seven of those. And the other five went to guys who are no longer on the on team. Roster. <laughs> right. So it, it, that's not much it, to glean there. Not a lot. Adrian Peterson's probably going to get the goal line work. Probably so. Brian, let's go to the Buffalo Bills. So last year, Frank Gore. Oh, was one of twelve. Lord top Frank Gordemort uh, in carries inside the five yard line. Uh, he is clearly gone. Sadly for uh, the New Jersey Jets, he's a Jet. But all those carries are going to cue it up, Jarch. Zach Moss, Zach baby. Moss, baby. Yes, Zach Devin- Moss. Can't wait. Devin Singletary needs to be such an afterthought at this point. He only had three carries inside the ten yard line last year. Mm-hmm. He's not touching the ball. Agreed. In the money zone. It's all Zach Moss, man. And Josh but, Allen, of course. But more Zach Moss and Josh Allen. For the Texans, Deshaun Watson led the team in touchdowns from inside the five. This is rushing, by the way. Rushing touchdowns inside the five with five of them. Carlos Hyde had just nine carries inside the five last year. So how does that maybe translate to David Johnson? Well, last year, David Johnson got six carries inside the five for Arizona and converted them to just two touchdowns. But for I'll note for this, in fairness to David Johnson, for his career, he has a 50% conversion back. And again, that's the number we're really looking for is 50%. So David Johnson hopefully will get those, those Carlos Hyde carries and more. Let's go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I got a lot to chew on in this one. So Tampa was a top five running team from inside the five with 27 run plays called last year. So was... 
the New England Patriots, mm-hmm. who had 33 run plays called inside the five. Yes. And I bring that up because Tom Brady is now the quarterback in Tampa. Peyton Barber had 10 of their carries. Dare Ugunbowale had seven of those carries. And Ronald Jones only had four carries. Yep. So it's a worrisome. Do they trust Rojo near the stripe? They should. All four of his carries went for scores. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good sign. Also, Mike Evans was second in the league with eight infrared zone targets. That seems good until you realize that Tom Brady was an awful thrower from inside the five. He went four for 20 with only two touchdowns last year inside the five. Let's go to the Cleveland Browns, Brian. Yeah, this is glaring. Uh, Nick Chubb, 15 attempts inside the five for negative 14 yards last year and just two touchdowns. Yeah, I, I don't get it. it. I just, you know. The line was banged up. It, it, it is revamped. I mentioned J.C. Treader, the starting center, uh, might not go week one. He should go. But uh, Kareem Hunt had one carry inside the five, converted into a three-yard touchdown. Uh, we'll talk a little more about Chubb and Hunt later, but uh seems like Hunt needs a little more work inside the five. Well, yeah, maybe so. <laughs> or all uh, over well, the field. Th- you know, keep in mind, they put a first-round pick uh, and an early first-round pick at left tackle. Of course. They yeah, got no, it, uh, the, Jack Conklin as a right tackle, so... The, the line is improved, The sure. efficacy of that line and inside the five should be very good. Uh, reminder, we're talking about the one thing you need to know for each team inside the five-yard line. For the Colts, head coach Frank Wright didn't mind using a lot of runners inside the five, which may end up frustrating fantasy owners again. Last year, Mack, Hines, Williams, and Wilkins all got carries, and even Jacoby Brissett had five carries, and Jacoby Brissett is not the most mobile fleet-of-foot quarterback. Yeah, but he didn't have Jonathan Taylor last year. He did not, but I still think it goes to show where some of his uh, predilections lie. Let's go to the Detroit Lions, Matt. Uh, Marvin Jones had two touchdowns from inside the five in one game against Minnesota last year, and that was the most exciting thing the Lions did from inside the five. They're super boring. Carrion had 10 carries and scored only three times, and he was their most utilized player inside the five. The second most touches went to Wes Hillis. Not Peyton Hillis? No. Who's Wes Hillis? I don't know. Okay. Some guy who got five carries from inside the five last year for the Lions. Let's move on to the Jets. (laughs) Uh, They were... Dead last in red zone scoring attempts uh, per game at 2.1. And that's from the 20 and in. So from the 5 and in, there wasn't a lot of action for the Jets. They were dead last in rush attempts inside the 5 with 9 uh, rushes. That's 9 times they ran the ball. in 9 Thank times. You. 9 times. So uh, Le'Veon Bell just feels like fool's gold to me at this point. Kansas City's uh, uh, last For Kansas City last year, LaShawn McCoy... And Daryl Williams, not Damian Williams. Okay. Daryl Williams led the team in rushes inside the five. Mm. Mm, with 13 of them. Those are all up for grabs this year in my mind. And oddly, get this, the Chiefs tied for the fewest touchdown passes from inside the five. Which I guess is just because Patrick Mahomes scores from <laughs> farther away than five He sure yards. does. I imagine that's part of it. But back to the running backs just for a minute. This might be another indication that Daryl Williams has got some sneaky value that maybe most people don't realize. Let's go to the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, The Seahawks were very balanced inside the infrared zone. Eight rushing touchdowns with Chris Carson getting five of them on nine carries. Eight passing touchdowns with no player having more than two. So the combo of Jacob Hollister, Will Disley, and linebacker Nick Ballore, they combined for half of the receiving touchdowns. Those could all go to Greg Olson this year. For the Denver Broncos, what are they doing inside the five? This is probably the most split backfield in the NFL right now, the toughest one to pick. Um, 
Philip Lindsay was great inside the five last year. Eight carries, 14 yards for five touchdowns. That's and good. That's a nice, very that's nice impressive. People think he's a, just this tiny scat back, like he's Tariq Cohen, and he's not. And then Melvin Gordon, of course, with the Chargers last year, uh, who held out for the first four games, he ended up with the fifth most carries inside the five with 13, and his 15 yards inside the five was third most. So he was very effective as well. So what it boils down to is you take the cheaper guy in Philip Lindsay in ADP, but this is like the most split down the middle backfield in the NFL going into the season, in my opinion. Philip Lindsay's going dirt cheap and a lot too cheap, a, uh, too cheap. You know, two years ago he was sensational. Last year he was meh. I think people are. Uh, I think for where he's where he's going, it's too late. Yep. All right, let's go to the Los Angeles Rams, who scored the most rushing touchdowns from inside the five. Fifteen of them. Todd Gurley led the team by a wide margin. Fifteen carries for eight touchdowns, and this year, all of those carries go to my guy. Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown had eight carries for five touchdowns last year. Malcolm Brown could be your sneaky goal line back for the team that had the most rushing touchdowns from inside the five last year. Ooh. Take me to Brown. Tantalize. <laughs> Another late round sleeper running back. Uh, Matt, our final team of this segment, where this is a two-segment deal of Inside the Five. Sure what is. does Philadelphia do inside the five? The Eagles had 25 touchdowns from the infrared zone. That was the most in the league last year. And while Jordan Howard led the team on the ground with five touchdowns on 10 carries, don't necessarily think that all goes to Miles Sanders this year. Sanders converted six carries for only two scores, while five foot six, 203-pound Boston Scott converted all four wow, of did he his really? carries inside the wow, five for touchdowns. I would touchdown. not have guessed that. He's the goal line back this year. Boston Scott? Maybe. I don't, man, I'd have to believe it. I'd have to see it to believe it. Well, we saw it four times that's, last year. That's, it doesn't seem likely that that's the case, but maybe so. Uh, if you'd like to get my cheat sheet with all my player rankings, including some of these sleeper players we're talking about, go to guillotineleaks.com. My cheat sheet available for free. Guillotineleagues.com. When we come back, the other half of the NFL, what do they do inside the five? And what are the tendencies and sleeper guys you can identify? We all love touchdowns. We'll tell you how to find them when we come back. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. 
Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Matt Harrison. Brian Johnson with you. Breaking down what happens inside the five-yard line. Last year, the total number of touchdowns scored inside the five, 504. It matters to know what teams do inside the five-yard line. We've already identified about half of the teams. Last segment, this segment, let's carry on. Beginning with the Miami Dolphins, Brian. So the Dolphins only totaled 16 rush attempts inside the five last year. Ryan Fitzpatrick was second on the yes, team. Yes, that's my guy. Kalen Balaj. Uh, I'm not so sure if Balaj is still on the team, but of course there are new faces uh, here with Jordan Howard and Matt Breida. But if you're looking for uh, running back action inside the five-yard line, look at other teams, basically. <laughs> well, based on what we've seen so far. Yeah. Jordan Howard's tempting. I, I would lean Howard over Brita if I was uh, picking one, just because he, he he seems to be the guy inside the five. He's built for it. I like Brita. Brita's sneaky PPR guy, though. Vikings yeah. led the NFL in handoffs inside the five last year. Led the NFL, 34 of them. Uh, also, by the way, known as double what Miami had for handoffs inside the five. Dalvin Cook led all runners with 21 carries, and his nine touchdowns were third most. We do not expect that to change in either front. Let's go to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Zeke scored 10 times on 18 carries inside the five. That's an excellent production. It is. Uh, No Dallas pass catcher had more than one target in the infrared zone, except Jason Witten, who only had four. Dallas only ran 11 pass plays inside the five. Mm -hmm. Let's go to the Saints. Two years ago, Sean Payton handed the ball to his runners 30 times inside the five. That was two years ago. Last year, 12 carries inside the five. That's it. And Kamara got eight carries, Murray Murray got just four, and they combined for only five touchdowns. And the year before that, they ran for 21 times. I think that Sean Payton probably views last, I think that that was an unusual event last year, and I think those carries probably do end up coming back. Brian, let's go to the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots were second in running back handoffs inside the five last year and ranked first uh, in rushes overall over the past three years. But yes. who's going to get them? Sony Michelle, Lamar Miller, Damian Harris. Here's who it's not. It's not Lamar Miller. Oh, <laughs> That's what we know for sure is it's what, not. What if Why James are, White is a bell not? cow this year? What if James White what? is a bell cow no, this no, year? No, no. What we if know, he know. just carries he's, that team? He's 32 years old. We know what his role is. What if he is, though? No, it's, that's absurd. Lamar Miller is the best running back on that team right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're delusional. I, okay. Well, he's Sony still, Michelle? Or, he's uh, still hanging on to Lamar Miller like you're hanging on to Ryan Matthews. I don't know if you guys understand uh, how offensive line works. <laughs> Matt, let's go to the Giants. Saquon Barkley. What about him? Eight rushing attempts inside the five last year. 
one touchdown. Yeah, he wasn't right. The prior year, 18 carries, only six touchdowns. So in wow. two years, okay, 27% conversion rate. That's it's not good. possible he's a bad goal line back. Mm. Meanwhile, Wayne Gallman, seven carries for three touchdowns over the last two years. Is Wayne Gallman a better running back than Saquon? No. No. But no, he might not. be a better goal line back than Saquon Barkley. God, that would be a kick in the shorts if it turns out they just start giving <laughs> goal line carries to Wayne Gallman. <laughs> Don't do it. Let's go to the Titans. Brian. Uh, the Titans have the second fewest pass attempts uh, inside the five yard <laughs> line, the understandably, <laughs> with Derrick Henry. But 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 wait. they don't have to. They have weapons like AJ Brown and uh, uh, John U. Smith. <laughs> yeah, John U. Smith and Corey Davis. Not really. No. We'll no, talk about Corey right. Davis a little bit. All right, if, if we must. But uh, understandably so. But it's going to be a fun team to watch. Tennessee, watch out for. I hear they were good last year. Yeah. They, they beat a pretty good Baltimore team, I think. And a pretty good Patriots team. The Steelers yeah. were as bad as any team running inside the five last year. No runner had more than five carries, and none had more than two touchdowns. That's it. Interesting note here. Benny Snell had every Steelers carry inside the five in from de- in the month of December last year. Hmm. So they at, by the end of the year, and part of it was probably due to injury, but at yeah. the end of the year, they had gone to Benny Snell inside the five. I think that could be a trend. We'll find out. Let's go to the Atlanta Falcons, Matt. Uh, they only ran 27 total plays from inside the five last year. That was fifth fewest in the league. Julio Jones had four targets, converted all of them to touchdowns. Hey, let's do that some more. Yeah. Um, by the way, Kadri Allison was their goal line back last year. Yeah. He had the most carries, six carries. He had four touchdowns, both led the team. So if Todd Gurley, who's a notoriously good goal line back, yes. if he goes down, Kadri Allison might, might be, be kind of get. the sneaky running back to play of the Falcons uh, running backs. I, you know, I've tried playing this game about like, which Falcon do you want to go get behind Todd Gurley because Gurley's you know, never going to have a big workload and mm-hmm. the, the threat of injury is very real. I just I don't think there's a clear number two I right think, now. I think the scenario is if Gurley is out... Kadri Allison, at least you know he's going to get the goal line work. Probably. Probably. But, you know, Smith was out for most of last year, too. And had he been there, maybe it would have been him. I don't know. Let's go. Just throw it to Hayden Hurst. Brian, let's go to your team, the Bengals. My team, the Bengals. Joe Mixon, uh, we, well, first off, we mentioned the, the 50% conversion rate for touchdowns inside mm-hmm. the five, kind of the, the barometer we like to see. Yeah. Mixon's uh, five touchdowns on 18 carries don't quite fit that criteria. No, he did not don't. thrive last year. And he, he, I think those uh, opportunities go down if A.J. Green can stay healthy. He was notoriously a target hog deep in the red zone in his prime, and he's still got some gas in the tank. So, uh uh, a little ding on Mixon, but not 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 a lot, a lot. Okay, let's go to the 49ers. Frustratingly, Kyle Shanahan gave eight different players carries from inside the five. <laughs> eight. <laughs> Kyle Juszewicz. Uh, he got one. Yeah, I'm sure. Kyle Juszewicz got one. How about Shanahanigans? That's what that those is. Are, those are. Uh, Tevin Coleman led the team with nine, but he wasn't very effective with just three touchdowns on those carries inside the five. He also averaged .6 yards per carry. Tevin Coleman did. I just don't think Coleman's very good. So I tend to have an anti-Coleman bias here, but I'll note that Tevin Coleman was given two carries in the playoffs from inside the five. And he scored twice. Mm. So he's probably the goal line guy. Yuck. All right, let's go to the Cardinals, Matt. Uh, The Cards threw 28 passes inside the five 
Uh, that was tied for most in the league. And that's why Larry Fitzgerald led the league in infrared zone targets with 10. No Jeez, other Cardinal <laughs> had more than one target inside the five. So how did Larry not score more? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, also, Kenyon Drake scored six times on eight carries inside the five. He's pretty good in the red zone. Right. Or infrared zone, I should say. As we like to say. Yeah. Let's go to the Jacksonville Jaguars, Brian. I'm sorry, Leonard Fournette, but we got to rack on you a little more, man. Every, every show. <laughs> Eight carries for Fournette inside the five for negative two yards. Uh, he did have three touchdowns, almost hit that 50% mark, but those eight were it for Jacksonville as a team. No other team had a lone player carry the ball inside the five. This It's all about the pass for Jacksonville. It's Gardner Minshew or bust. That's it. That is it. Again, we're talking about the things you need to know from every team when they're inside the five-yard line because that's where fantasy points come from. That's where the touchdowns are easiest and the great fantasy players score from inside the five. We've got a final handful of teams to talk through, including the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens ran the ball inside the five more than any team 35 times. But I know what you're thinking. Lamar Jackson must have been the reason why. Mm. Uh, he only siphoned off seven of the 35 carries. The rest went to running backs. Ravens still, even if you take out Lamar Jackson, the Ravens ran the fifth most rushes inside the five, even without the, the seven from Lamar Jackson. All right. Mark Ingram had 16 carries for eight touchdowns. Right at that 50% mm. mark we want to see. The guy who's brutal, Gus Edwards. Eight tries, zero touchdowns. That tells me J.K. Dobbins will get those same eight carries, and he'll convert them to more than zero touchdowns. Sure. Ingram is a must-target for me in guillotine leagues right now. Soft early schedule mm. and that kind of usage early on in the season. Yeah, sign I like, me up. I like the way that sounds. Um, I know we're only doing one thing for every team, but I'll mention this. We have a little spare time here. Do you guys know which Raven led the team in targets from inside the five? I mean, you'd think it's Mark Andrews since he scored a ton. Correct. And it is not Mark Andrews. Okay. Hayden Hurst or Nick Boyle? Nick Boyle. Nick, Boyle. Nick freaking Boyle. And he's Boyle. still there. And he's still there. That's the package they use that Nick Boyle, Nick Boyle actually package. plays. That's right. It's the, the Boyle package. <laughs> uh, and I think I'd rather be boiled. Let's go to our final couple of teams, the Chicago Bears, Matt. Uh, David Montgomery had the third most carries in the league from inside the five. 18. That's, That's a lot. That's a lot. For a guy who's not good at it. Yeah, he only converted five of them into touchdowns. That's the exact same amount as Joe Mixon. Um, but they have no other option. And Mitchell Trubisky, the sad tromboneski himself, he only completed seven passes inside the five last year. That's very sad, tromboneski. <laughs> yep, that's that sounds that's really sad. That's our guy right there. <laughs> It's, it's not a it's not a real competition, is it? It, it shouldn't Between be. Between Nick Foles it and Sad Tromboneski, it can't be. I believe our final team is the Los Angeles Chargers. Whack. LAC. So take Melvin Gordon's 15 attempts inside the five last year, add them to Austin Eckler's already existing nine. Mm-hmm. Nine times for Eckler inside the five, but no, that's uh, twenty-four. Times. That's my fault. Nine I was slow on times. that. No, that's okay. I wasn't expecting it. Uh, pull that off the cuff, but that's a lot of usage inside the five-yard line, and of course, no more Melvin Gordon. So Austin Eckler, we've said it here before. RB, yeah, his one name potential. It, his name may come up again later yeah. in this show. As his well. name will for sure come up <laughs> in the next feeling. segment. Yeah. <laughs> How did we get through an entire segment <laughs> of inside the five talk without? 
A vulture? The vulture. Yeah. The fantasy vulture. It's been so long. Mm. We have missed you, fantasy vulture. Have we? I, I have. I missed the fantasy vulture. I never uh, like to uh, see him. Of the birds in the fantasy community, the peacock is much well, better. It's the preferred. We yeah. do. We, we, prefer, we prefer the peacock because usually good things have happened for us. But how about a little A.J. Dillon? <laughs> Oh, ah, there you go. Here he comes. AJ Dillon, fantasy vulture time. Could very well be the case. Um, while we're talking inside the five and refresh listeners' memory, Brian, which team has run the ball more than any other over the last three years? The New England Patriots. The Pats. The highest drafted Patriots running back is James White. We don't believe James White's going to get those carries. Mm-hmm. After that, it falls all the way to Sony Michelle at pick 111. Now, nobody has been harder on Sony Walkman than I have. But. <laughs> oh, no. All you have to do, <laughs> if you're going to get that many carries from inside the five, all you have to do is fall forward for Pete's sake. Uh, oh, I remember w- when you could fall forward and, and get three, three yards because right. you're nine feet tall. Manute Ball getting a <laughs> bunch of carries. Sony Michelle, would you rather have Sony Michelle going off the board at 111, knowing there's all these carries coming for Patriots runners, or Damian Harris? Who many people, I many people believe could end up winning that job. There's a very notable and, and Damian Harris is going off the board at 195. <laughs> I'll, I'll take Lamar Miller. I'll oh, let Matt geez. talk now. I'll, I will. I, I, I honestly honest will. Lamar Miller's going off the board at pick 224. I'm just going to take James White. You can't He's pick the, James White. Nope, He's I'm, not going to get goal nope, line carries. I'm not. Ca- I'm not taking any well, other guy. In all fairness, in the past there was Tom Brady, right? And Cam Newton kind of been a, a vulture. Inside the five for his running backs uh, in the past. So now LaShawn that... McCoy over his career, switching gears. Okay. LaShawn McCoy over his career has been a major goal line factor. He Those was so days. he was so with the Eagles. He was so with the Bills. And then even in Kansas City last year. Now, is he a potential guy to muck up the works in Tampa? LaShawn McCoy. No. Only if it's snowing. No one plays better in the snow than Sean McCoy. <laughs> you don't, <laughs> I don't think you, it snows in Tampa a whole lot or anywhere else in the NFC South. Uh, if you're Bruce Arians and you're looking at Ronald Jones and a rookie in Keyshawn Vaughn, and here is the veteran hands of LaShawn McCoy. I could be That could be a sneaky situation that could end up torpedoing some of the value for Ronald Jones. This conversation makes me uncomfortable. It's Dario Ogunbowale. He's the guy to own in Tampa Bay. It might be. PR monster. Yeah, maybe. He's the new James White. Maybe that's going to be the White case. James White South. Uh, when we come back to <laughs> Fantasy Football Weekly, three tough questions you can play along. See if you can go 3-0. and oh. And if you want to try out a guillotine league, go to guillotineleagues.com. Play with 17 other people. Try to be the last man standing when we cut a team every week of the season and send that team's roster to the waiver wire where you get to bid on an entire roster of players. Guillotineleagues.com. Paul Charchi and Brian Johnson, Matt Harrison with you. Back in moments. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. 
the Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. Three tough questions on Fantasy Football Weekly. This is where I pepper my co-hosts, Brian Johnson and Matt Harrison, with three tough questions. That's the name of the segment. You've got a dog named Pepper, too. I also have a dog named Pepper. I love yes. Pepper. Well, yeah, it's, it's a long story. So that's, that's tricky. All right, we won't get into it. Yeah, let's pr- probably people probably don't want to hear about my dog. Um, Debatable. Yes, these are three tough questions. We encourage you to play along. See if you can go 3-0 and o with these. Tough question number one. This year, what is the viability of an auction strategy that refuses to bid more than 19% on any player? Brian. Wait, you're letting Brian go first I again? am letting Brian Jeez. go first. Um, what the so heck is going on? Let's envision we're working with a $100 budget. That's the easiest math, at least for me. So 19%, you're not spending any more than $19 on a player. That sounds about right, Brian. Um, so this sounds like a good strategy when it comes to quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends. This is like the deepest pool of players I mm-hmm. can remember uh, amongst those dudes. But man... There's not a lot of running backs out there, and you got to get at least one stud bell cow in your auction this year. And really, I'm getting two and then just buying whatever I can because, uh, again, quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends are so deep. So, But to land uh, Christian McCaffrey, even down to a, a Joe Mixon or a Josh Jacobs, you're talking 30 bucks in an auction. So, no, I, I can't limit myself to a 19, a 19% cap per player in auctions this year. Okay. Matt, should auction? Oh, should auction? Is it a viable auction strategy 
to refuse to bid more than 19% for any player. I feel like I have a better chance of getting it right if I just agree with my co-host who went in front of me, because that's how it worked last week. That was last week. I I was not on the show last week. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Thanks. Um, On my Shock Fantasy Redraft cheat sheet, I only have 13 running backs and five wide receivers at $19 or more on a $100 cap. So... If you're fine with going into war with running backs like Jonathan Taylor, who I like, Chris Carson, Le'Veon Bell, Leonard Fournette, David Johnson, Todd Gurley as your top running back options, then you're okay. But personally, I'm not okay with that. I want at least two of the running backs that are over that 20% threshold. I'm fine going with under 19% at every other position, but not for running back. Oh, there's so many good running backs. You guys are wrong. This is a perfectly viable (laughs) strategy. There are so many good running backs in that range. You identified some of them right there. I'm happy to go to war with those guys. I'll go to war with Raheem Mostert and James White and Leonard Fournette and David Johnson. Of course, do the opposite, Wood. Absolutely, we can do that. And... $19 $19 goes a long way at the other positions. At 19%, I'm I'm looking at some good wide receivers. I'm looking at maybe a Chris Godwin or an A.J. Brown or a Kenny Galladay at 19%. I can get star players, and all I have to do is have second or second-and-a-half tier runners. That's an easy trade-off to make. It's the deepest draft I've ever seen, and you can absolutely perform a successful auction strategy that refuses to bid more than 19%. Tough question number two. If I told you a running back currently outside of the top 10 by average draft position would finish number one in fantasy points at his position, who would it be? Matt? Well, you know it's Austin Eckler, who's currently the 13th running back off the board, and I gave you a bunch of stats about this over the last two weeks, but here's a couple of more that you might not have heard. Tyrod Taylor's career average depth of target is in the nines. When he was in Buffalo, LaShawn McCoy was 7th in the league in running back receptions in 2017, 10th in 2016. He was injured for most of 2015. Outside of CMC's otherworldly receiving stats, Austin Eckler had the second most targets in the league last season among running backs with 104, and Melvin Gordon had 52 targets, and those are vacated targets. Mm -hmm. Eckler led the running backs in the league in 40-plus yard receptions with three. He trailed McCaffrey by only 12 receiving yards, And he topped CMC's uh, touchdown total with eight receiving touchdowns to McCaffrey's four. His average depth of target, by the way, was 1.21. His average yards per catch was 10.8. Let that sink in for a little bit. That's very impressive. Yeah. Austin Eckler is your answer. Brian, if there's one running back currently outside of the top 10 that's going to finish number one among all running backs, who is it? Uh, Eckler certainly came to mind. Kenyon Drake was another guy. Josh Jacobs I like. But I'm just going to go with Jonathan Taylor of the Colts, uh, who who ranked uh, seventh last year with 133 rushing yards per game with a very pedestrian Marlon Mack and even Jonathan Williams late in the season. This is just the ideal landing spot uh, for Taylor. If Mack wasn't a thing, Taylor would be a first-round pick right now. Mm. He might be going before CEH. And uh, really, Taylor's going to push... Mac out of the picture sooner than later. And the Colts running backs have the number one strength of schedule for fantasy football. I mean, the two games against the Jaguars alone, (laughs) Taylor's going to finish like RB 13 on those numbers. So I'm feeling shades of uh, Marshall Falk as a rookie as a Colt. My first year playing fantasy football, by the way, in 1994, Marshall Falk as a rookie led me to a title. And that's what Jonathan Taylor is going to do. The correct answer is... 
Austin Eckler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Matt's already stolen so much thunder on Austin Eckler, not just this show, but also prior shows. But let me just remind people of his four games last year without Melvin Gordon. Week one, 165 yards, three touchdowns, 18 total touches. Week two for Austin Eckler last year, 123 yards, a touchdown, 23 touches. Week four, his bad game was 80 yards, no touchdowns, and only 16 touches. And then in week four, the last game without Melvin Gordon, 122 total yards, two touchdowns, and 23 combo touches. If that's we've got anything like that coming for Austin Eckler, he will be the top scoring running back outside of the top 10. Tough question number three. If I told you a wide receiver currently outside of the top 10 at his position would finish number one in fantasy points at his, this season, who would it be? Brian? Uh, Odo Beckham came to mind. Uh, I said there's a lot of competition for targets there um, with Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, and then the, the two elite running backs. Uh, also, Allen Robinson I like, but those quarterbacks in Chicago are absolute trash, so I'm not liking A-Rob. <laughs> I'm going deeper. And uh, Matt... No one can see him. We should take a picture at least. He's dressed like oh. a blonde Gardner uh, uh, Minshew here, right I'll, now. I'll put the mustache on too. All right, and Charge can take a picture. I'll take a picture of yeah, you. Yeah, it'll be All good. Right. This is this is thrilling radio of the mind uh-huh. right now. And uh, Wait, it's DJ. It's DJ Chark who uh, is going to be an absolute target hog. Could push 200 targets if he stays healthy. And when he was healthy in weeks one through nine. Last season, he was wide receiver three overall. And mm-hmm. again, love Gardner Minshew, the the third rated uh, passer on passes of twenty plus yards last season. He can play, and Jacksonville is just going to be chasing points all day long. Going to pass the ball 75 percent of the time. So I'm going deep, DJ Chark. All right, DJ Chark. I, it's it's a quality angle for a team that's going to be playing from behind all the time, Matt. If I told you a wide receiver currently outside the top 10 would finish number one in fantasy points at his position, who would it be? Well, Brian's not wrong, but he's a little wrong. Um, He's not wrong. He's just not right. It's uh, A.J. Brown, who uh, currently the 16th wide receiver off the board. He finished eighth in fantasy points last year, and he only had 84 targets. The players who finished better than him as a wide receiver last year, averaged 137 targets. So let's play the extrapolation game. I feel like we need some, like, game show music here. Like, extrapolation game. Yeah, here it is. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) The time machine's as close as I've got. Okay. Sorry. So let's give A.J. Brown 137 targets at last year's averages. He'd come up with 85 receptions, 1,700 yards, and 13 touchdowns. 1,700 yards would be very good. Michael Thomas finished with 149 receptions, 1,725 yards, and nine scores. So if you give A.J. Brown the opportunity, he could definitely do it. So here's the thing that almost came out of my mouth. A.J. Brown's no Michael Thomas. But you know what? He might be. He might be Michael Thomas. (laughs) I mean, you know, he had an astounding rookie year. He might be Michael Thomas for all we know. But it's the wrong answer. (laughs) You got the first one right, which is great. Cooper Cup. Last year's wide receiver four, who for whatever reason is going off the board as wide receiver 15. I'm baffled by this. So here he is last year, wide receiver four. In a bad year for Jared Goff, 
He was second last year in touchdowns among wide receivers. He was number one last year in red zone targets. So clearly they trust him near the stripe. And as we just talked about for the prior two segments, we love the easy touchdowns near the goal line. That's replicatable. And all of this for Cooper Cup last year was his first year off ACL surgery. He's got room to be even better this year. Rams offensive lines improved. Jared Goff, who, to Matt's credit, he recognized a wobbly season as it was happening early in the year with Jared Goff. I think Goff, without all the pressure of the new contract, has a better season. And Cooper Cup could easily go from wide receiver four last year to wide receiver one this year. Or Goff's not good. Can't rule that out, frankly, at this point, but I think he's going to be all right. I think he's going to be okay. If you're starting a franchise right now, do you want Jared Goff or Gardner Minshew? The fact that you have yeah, to pause I, I, is I, not I, a good sign. If I if I have to work the contract in, then it's Minshew, <laughs> it's Minshew for sure, but at the same cost, it would be, it would be Jared Goff. Uh, when we come back, Players whom we like. We like the player. We hate the average draft position. These are players we never end up drafting, but we still like them. We'll identify one at every position when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today.
Welcome back to Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchian from guillotineleagues.com. Brian Johnson, guillotineleagues.com. And Matt Harrison, tell people what's happening at Shock Fantasy. Shock Fantasy, uh, cheat sheets, visuals, dashboards, everything you need uh, for your fantasy league and your draft coming up. Uh, 20 bucks uh, for the full year if you use the promo code FFW. That stands for Fantasy Football Weekly. And this is the last week for that promo code, so get in now. All right. These are players that we like. Players we like. But players we never draft because we don't like the average draft position. So it's a little bit different than just, well, I don't know. I never take that guy because he sucks. These are players who are good players, but just where they're going in drafts means we're not biting there. Matt, I would like I would like you to begin. Oh, thank you. At the quarterback position. Who is the quarterback that you like? but hate the ADP. Uh, Kyler Murray in the sixth round, and you can really put a bunch of names in this category like Dak, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, because this is more of a philosophy thing. Mm -hmm. If you don't get Mahomes or you don't get Lamar Jackson in the early rounds, you might as well wait. In uh, ESPN scoring, Lamar Jackson scored almost 80 more points last year than the next quarterback, and Mahomes basically did the exact same thing in the prior year. In both cases after that, there's a large group of players in a really big tier together. Mm. So there's not much of a difference between number two and number 15 on your list. So Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff, and Josh Allen are all being drafted outside the top five quarterbacks and the top six rounds, but all have finished as top eight quarterbacks in just the last two years. So there's consistently really good quarterbacks to be had late. And while Kyler Murray is trending up, He's not the runner that Lamar Jackson is, and he never will be. And he's not the passer that Mahomes is, and he never will be. And if you're not exceptional, one of those two, you're probably not going to outscore the rest of the quarterbacks by 80 points. Brian, who is the quarterback you like but hate the ADP? Uh, Those that know me might be shocked to hear. I like Daniel Jones uh, from a fantasy perspective. Right now going off the board at quarterback 12, but the the opening four weeks are just absolutely brutal brutal for Daniel, so I do not want to draft him. I'll trade for him later in the year, but he opens with Pittsburgh, who only allowed 23 passing touchdowns last year. Six were in the first two games. Mm. That was before they acquired Minka Minka, uh, Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick, Then they get the Bears, only allowed 17 passing touchdowns. Then the 49ers and the Rams. uh, Rams obviously acquired uh, Jalen and Ramsey, uh, midpoint of last season. That's just just an awful, awful stretch. And I want no part of Daniel Jones uh, as my starting quarterback for those first four weeks. So I will not draft him, uh, but I will trade for him later. I've got the player I like but hate the average draft position at quarterback is Dak Prescott, who I like very much. He's my number three ranked quarterback. I like him. they got weapons everywhere, including the new wide receiver, CeeDee Lamb, breakout candidate tight end, Blake Jarwin, who we talked about last week. But he just, it, to Matt's point, he doesn't have the Jackson Mahomes crazy upside. And I can get quarterbacks a lot like Dak Prescott a lot later, like Matt Ryan four rounds later. Mm-hmm. So I'm not taking Dak Prescott, even though I like him a lot. Matt, let's go to the running back position. Who is the running back you like but hate the average draft position? Uh, it's Cam Akers in the fifth round. And last week, uh, Malcolm Brown was my sleeper of the week because. Two things, basically. The Rams run a ton inside the red zone and a ton inside the infrared zone. And Todd Gurley vacated a ton of those touches. But Malcolm Brown was really, really good with the touches he had. Again, eight carries from inside the five with five scores. So you're trying to trust a rookie running back who's a good player. you got to take him in the fifth round. He's got a questionable goal line workload at best Mm. and a backfield that is three or four deep. So I'm not taking Cam Akers at all. All right, Cam Akers. Actually, I, I like the player. 
Yeah. I think it's just a bad landing spot for him right now. Okay, Brian, who is the running back that you like but hate the average draft position? I really don't want to draft Nick Chubb this year, even though I love him as a player. Right now going uh, around 11th overall as RB8. I've already harped on the, the red zone inefficiency from last year. That should improve with a, an improved line and probably some bad luck for Chubb uh, last year. But I just cannot get past the fact that I think Kareem Hunt is better than Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's elite but Kareem Hunt's just a little bit eliter. Eliter. And uh, guys like in the, going the same range, like Josh Jacobs, uh, Kenyon Drake, uh, Austin Eckler, there's not that threat looming behind them. <laughs> Kenyon Drake might have a sneaky threat. Yes, you're correct. Chase, Chase Edmonds, Edmonds yes. is a real threat. You're, you're correct there. I, I, I retract that one. But uh, And I that just, leads me into my guy. There you go. If I can transition yeah, to Kenyon Drake. It who is the player I like, but I hate his average draft position. He is going in the second round, is running back nine. Good player. But does anybody think Kenyon Drake is a great player, filled with highlight real game-breaking ability? Hmm. In the mid-second round, I can get Lamar Jackson or Tyreek Hill or Austin Eckler, who are just simply better, explosive, highlight-style players. And then the whole Chase Edmonds thing, it really worries me. Cliff This week, head coach Cliff Kingsbury said, He's got two starting caliber runners. I don't want to hear that from about my second round pick. You kind of poo-pooed me last week on Chase Edmonds. Just a little bit. I think I was just in the mood to poo-poo you. Don't take it Okay, personal. yeah, that was probably last week. Let's go to the wide receiver <laughs> position. Matt, who is the receiver you like but hate the average draft position? I'm staying with the same team. It's Robert Woods who you have to take in the fourth round. While the Rams passed at the seventh highest clip in the league last year, they were all very, very short, very safe throws. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff's average depth of target was 8.0 yards last year. That was 26th in the league, lower than Mason Rudolph, Mitch Trubisky, Jacoby Brissett, Kyle Allen, and David Bloch. What about? I think Duck's right in there, Duck too. Duck Hodges has to be right in there. I think Duck was, uh, yeah, probably right in that range. Uh, Woods only scored three touchdowns last year. Two through the air, one on the ground. So you'd think an uptick is due, but the Rams don't throw deep, and they don't throw the ball in the red zone. The Rams have been a top three team in red zone carries in each of Sean McVay's three seasons. Mm -hmm. Plus, Robert Woods was targeted only nine times. Nine times. Nine times. Within the red zone, had only one target inside the five. Compare that to 18 red zone targets for Cooper Cup and 19 red zone targets for Tyler Higby. There's no way you can take Bob Woods in the fourth. I didn't realize that Tyler Higby had so many targets. He's he's, wow. he's sneaky uptick here. All right, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of you kind of sold me on on Woods. I I just figured just through just sheer regression, he'll get you back to seven eight touchdowns. But maybe you're right. Maybe look look at how many happen. touchdowns he's scored in the past. Like right. six is like yeah. the high water mark. Yeah. That's that's your upside there. All right, Brian. Who is the wide receiver you like but hate the average draft position? How can you not like DeAndre Hopkins, but at wide receiver five going 14th overall, I I hate the ADP. Um, Arizona wide receivers actually finished uh, with the third most receptions as a whole last year, more than the Texans. So like volume really isn't a a concern there. And Hopkins isn't necessarily making the wide receiver room more crowded. He's essentially replacing Demir Bird, who's now a Patriot. But there's just so much more talent around DeAndre Hopkins now than when he was in Houston. Uh, Outside of quarterback, of course. Um, but that doesn't help Hopkins' case here. He's getting a downgraded quarterback from Murray to Deshaun Watson. And now he has an, an elite-ish 
running back in Kenyon Drake and maybe Chase Edmonds behind him. Uh, Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald will certainly command targets. And oh, yeah, Dan Arnold. Oh, <laughs> oh Dan Arnold. That's why. I cannot. That's why. Wait, don't draft any Arnold Cardinals except for if Dan Arnold. If you don't think Dan Arnold is going to factor <laughs> in end zone targets, you're delirious. DeAndre Hopkins is sure to disappoint, even though he is an awesome, awesome football player. But avoid him in fantasy. All right. Uh, my my receiver that I like but hate the average draft position is Carolina wide receiver DJ Moore. Currently going off the board is wide receiver 10. I'm with 10. you there. He is a good player with a lot of natural athletic ability who made a big jump forward last year despite the wobbly quarterbacking of Kyle Allen. I've heard this argument many times. If he can do it with Kyle Allen, he can do it with Teddy Bridgewater. But Kenny, I'm really nervous about this Carolina offense. New coaches, new schemes, massive offensive line worries, and Teddy Bridgewater at the helm. We've repeatedly chronicled on this show Bridgewater's many limitations as a downfield passer. He is a dump-off passer, averaging the second-fewest completed air yards last year and the fewest intended air yards. His receivers have to turn they have to turn short catches into long touchdowns. That's not easy to do. It's asking a lot, and I think there is severe touchdown downside to all of the Panthers' receivers because of what Teddy Bridgewater brings to the table. Now, and... You look back through Teddy's box scores from when he started last season, the 177-yard game, the 193-yard game, the 240-yard game, the one touchdown, the zero touchdowns. He's not an incapable quarterback, but he limits the upside of his receivers enough that I'm not paying third-round value on DJ Moore. I'm with you. Let's go to the tight end position. Who is the tight end that you like but hate the average draft position and thus never end up drafting Matt? Um, I like Evan Engram. Uh, I don't like him in the seventh round. Uh, Evan Engram has all of the abilities, like the ability to get hurt and the ability to wear sweatpants to games, and the ability Hold to watch clipboard. from home and yeah. the sidelines. Uh, what's most concerning is that there are other weapons that are uh, better than him on, in the red zone on yeah. his own team. Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, and Darius Slayton all had be- better red zone numbers across the board, and each of them is really good at contested catches. Not to say Engram is bad, but there's competition. He gets hurt a ton. The schedule is not good to open the season. I'll highlight that in a bit. Well, Brian just did. Yeah. But, yeah, no okay. Evan Engram for no me. No Evan Engram. Uh, Brian, the tight end that you like but hate the average draft position and thus never end up ending up with. Like, nay, love. Of course I love Darren Waller. Yes, you do. Uh, but right now at, at over, uh, pick 63 overall at tight end five, I, I can't love Waller, who was tight end three in PPR leagues last year, led the Raiders with 117 targets, 90 catches, and uh, over 1,100 yards. But remember Antonio Brown, just remember Antonio Brown from last year. There, there were no wide receivers for yeah. the, the Raiders, and now right. they have like eight. Yes. And Foster Moreau was already stealing red zone targets from Waller. Now Jason Witten is, is in tow. Right. Uh, tight end is just way too deep uh, to reach for Waller this soon in drafts. I'm sorry to say it. He is my number 15 wide receiver, or tight end. So obviously I am not taking him anywhere near his no, draft position not. right now. The tight end that I love but hate the average draft position is Zach Ertz. Who's going at the end of the third round, beginning of the fourth round is tight end three. Obviously an elite talent. And... But if I'm spending an early round pick on tight end, it's not going to be the guy who's looking over his shoulder that I got to worry about. George Kittle's one round more expensive, and I get the focal point of an entire team's offense. 
Or alternately, I can wait one round and get Mark Andrews, who I like even better. And I've got rated one spot higher than Zach Ertz. The last two years, Zach Ertz has been very productive, in part because all the wide receivers have been hurt. And, and they are again. And now <laughs> they put that first rounder into Jalen Rager. The other four receivers are returning, including Alshon Jeffrey at some point. I just, for where he's going, he's a great talent. Zach Ertz awesome. But where he's being taken, I'm not, I am not biting on Zach Ertz. If you'd like to try a guillotine league, we encourage you to do so. You may know 16 other people that want to play. You can go to guillotineleagues.com and join a private league, and we'll run your league guillotine league style. If you don't know 16 other people and you want to just join a guillotine league, we have them for every price and prize point at guillotineleagues.com. Again, with the guillotine league, 17 teams start the season. Every week, the low-scoring team gets cut, and the entire roster goes to the waiver wire where you get to bid on some poor guy's entire draft. Mm. Super fun. GuillotineLeagues.com. More Fantasy Football Weekly coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. of episode four season 26 of fantasy football weekly paul charchian on twitter at paul charchian brian johnson on twitter at b t x j 
You like the enunciation? There? I do. I appreciate that. And Matt Harrison at Explosive Output on Twitter. We encourage you to follow us. You can also follow Guillotine Leagues at GL Chop. GL Chop for your Guillotine League needs via Twitter as well. This final segment, we always release our sleepers near the end of the show. I have challenged Matt Harrison to provide us with data on the first month's schedule. Now, Matt, and as listeners, regular listeners know, I care so much more about the first month of the schedule than Mm -hmm. any other month because I want to get out to the fast start because even if it's Turns out it's only for the month of September, and my players are going to peter out eventually. I want to know I've got that option. I've got trade value because my players came out hot, and I can trade away the guys that have performed. I want to start the season 3-1, and 4-1, and 5-0, and 4-0. and I want to start the season well, and that means I've asked you to help me with who, which teams have got the easy and hard starts to the season both through the running game and the passing game. So the first thing I did is I used both the football outsiders DVOA and fantasy stats against the position to kind of tabulate a more accurate defensive profile of these defenses. Oh, thank God you fantabulated. Yep. (laughs) Absolutely. Not in front of the kids, I hope. Nope, never in front of the kids. Uh, Then I made some really pretty spreadsheets with color-coded stuff on all of them, and they're going to be available at Shock Fantasy. Mm. Uh, Promo code FFW gets you the year for 20 bucks. And... Um, I started with the quarterback and wide receiver, and they kind of came out very similar this year. Um, so I just grouped them all together. And let's start with three easy starts, and then I'll give you three tough starts. Easy start number one, the Jacksonville Jaguars. What? Gardner Minshew. Okay. DJ Chark, D.D. Mm-hmm. Westbrook, LaVisca Chenault. Here's what they get. Indy, Tennessee, Miami, Cincinnati, and Houston in the first five weeks. Every one of those defenses ranked in the bottom 10, according to my metrics. Then they get Detroit in week six, who is also bottom 10, mm-hmm. then a bye, and then their schedule gets absolutely insane. So if you can go, <laughs> roll with the Jaguars for the first Briefly. six weeks, okay. you're going to look like a genius. Then trade them all away. <laughs> well, and, and you, I, need, I, I will do that. Yeah. I, I, to me, that is a totally viable strategy. Can, can I interject real quick? Mm-hmm. You should call your metrics <laughs> your Matrix. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, second team. You ready? Ready for some, I'm, some, I'm ready some for horn second. noises? Because oh. it's Chicago. Horn noises? Nick Foles and sad trombonski. You know a trombone is a horn, right? Well, oh, that kind of horn. Yeah. A cowbell is not a horn, Charge. Well, I, I, I was looking for a car horn. I, I don't have a car horn here. Uh, so Nick Foles, sad trombonski, uh, Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller. They get Detroit, the Giants, Atlanta, Indy, and Tampa, all except Tampa, ranked in the bottom 10. Tampa was just outside of that. Overall, the Bears have the easiest schedule on the season for passing in the league this year. Wow. It's it once you get the full season in, it's not that big of a variance. They all kind of get close to average, but they have the early by, season by the metrics. Okay. They have the easiest schedule. All right, and the third team with the easiest start for passers. Uh San Francisco. That's Jimmy G. Ah. Brandon Ayuk. Yes. Maybe Kendrick Bourne. It could who's be a Kendrick guy Bourne. Like. Yes. Uh maybe Debo Samuel if he can make it back. Um Arizona, the New York Jets. The New York Giants, Philly, and Miami. Boy, those were some bad secondaries last year. Yeah, so Zona, the Giants, and Miami were the bottom three teams in the league. 
followed by, uh, you, you know, you got the other two teams in there that were at below average. This doesn't include the tight end position specifically, but George Kittle's going to have a few huge games in here, too, because Arizona's in, in week one. Yeah. I've got, I've got a, a strong take, and I firmly believe George Kittle's going to finish as a top five wide receiver right. based on his PPR points. Could could be. Be. I'm, uh, I would take him over DeAndre Hopp. Anyone other than Devontae Adams or Michael Thomas, I'd rather have George Kittle, I think. All right, let's go over to the tough starts and the yes. toughest start of the season. Season goes to the New York football giants, including Danny Dimes, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, and Golden Tate. Brian talked about it a little bit before. Uh, Pittsburgh, Chicago, San Francisco, L.A. Rams, Dallas Brutal. are the first five games. Although Dallas's secondary is going to take a big step backwards this year. I they believe. may, yeah. The first three weeks are against top six pass defenses, then week four against Jalen Ramsey. Their schedule does loosen up after that. But if you're investing in the Giants passing game, mm-hmm. wait until after week five. Okay. Don't forget about Aaron Donald either for the Rams. Yeah, absolutely. Also, he is yeah. he is good. He might be good. He can disrupt a passing yeah. game. Uh the Las Vegas Raiders, Derek Carr, Henry Ruggs, Tyrell Williams, Hunter Renfro, Brian Edwards. Um Carolina Keep going. New Orleans, New England. Buffalo, Kansas City are their first five weeks. And outside of that game against Carolina in week one, that's a scary lineup for these teams. Weeks three through five are against top ten pass defenses. And notice I mentioned four wide receivers. This is a great opportunity for you to sit back, watch the Raiders group, see who gets the snaps, see who gets the targets, and then invest after week five when their schedule gets a little bit easier. Uh, their stretch run, by the way, is is very nice, uh, the mm, Raiders. So okay. uh, keep an eye on them in the second half of the season. Finally, Houston, Deshaun Watson, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Randall Cobb, and Kenny Stills. They get, listen to this schedule, Kansas City, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Jacksonville to start off. Now, well, Jacksonville's yeah, not that bad. Jacksonville's really bad. And yeah. <laughs> Minnesota secondaries without their number one, number two, and number three cornerbacks from last year. Yeah. So, but that, Mike Zimmer said, I never have a bad defense. And he's right. He's pretty much right about so, that. Uh, four top 10 defenses to start the year. After that stretch, the Texans only have three stoppers the rest of the way on their schedule with nine very positive matchups from week five on. All right, so that's your passing game all okay. wrapped up in a nutshell. All right, so those are the three easy and the three hardest starts for passing game. Let's go to the running game. Mm-hmm. Who are the three easiest running game starts to the season? We alluded to this a little bit earlier, and and, and Brian kind of nailed it here. Um, Baltimore, and that's Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. They get mm-hmm. Cleveland, Houston, Kansas City, Washington, and Cincinnati All of those teams ranked in the bottom 10 in fantasy rush defense last year. Yes, even Kansas City. Mm. After that, they see a very tough stretch with four top five rush defenses in their next seven games. So they're going to have a great start, but then it gets rocky. Uh, New England is the second team. That's James White, Sony Michelle, Lamar Miller, Damian Harris. Yes. They get Miami. Seattle, Las Vegas, Kansas City, and Denver. Kansas City and the Raiders, by the way, both top or sorry, both bottom ten in the league in pass receptions allowed to running backs. Oh. So keep an eye on James yeah, White right how about there. That? And Miami gave up the third most yards to running backs last year, while Seattle gave up the second most rushing TDs. Finally, the last easy start is Atlanta. Todd Gurley, Brian Hill, Kadri Allison. Maybe uh, Judge Ito. Yeah, right. Or all, <laughs> some combination of all of them, yeah, which maybe. would make things very frustrating. They get Seattle, Dallas, Chicago, Green Bay, Carolina, 
Dallas, Chicago, and Green Bay were middle of the road against the run. However, Carolina was the worst run defense in the league by a wide margin last year. Mm -hmm. You can stream against the Panthers all year long, especially in a defense that lost Luke Keekley. Yeah, no kidding. So they're going to be really bad against the run again this year. All right, let's go to the tough starts on the running back side. Okay. First one, Denver, Melvin Gordon, and Phillip Lindsay. They get Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Tampa, New York Jets, and New England in the first five weeks. Man. The Titans are their first week. They were middle of the pack, but the other four teams... They were all elite. Top six against the run last year. So invest in the Broncos' backs for your playoff schedule where they get Carolina, Buffalo, and the Chargers. That's a lot better. Uh, The New York Giants, a tough start. Hey, Saquon Barkley. I'm I'm giving you guys negative stuff on Saquon this week. You are. And, and of course, goal line specialist Wayne Gallman. Pittsburgh, Chicago, San Francisco, the Rams, and Dallas. Those are tough teams. Steelers, Rams, Niners are all top 10 against the run. Chicago and Dallas are better than average. All of Saquon's easy weeks come in crunch time, though. He might win you a lot of leagues this year, starting in Week 12 against Cincy, Seattle, Arizona, and Cleveland. But Baltimore in the championship week for Saquon. Oh. That's messy. That could be tricky. Yep. Matt. Although Baltimore Baltimore may have salted away home field by week 16. I think if there's one team that's that going can't, to run away Kansas City's right there. If there's a team that's going to run away with it, I think it's Baltimore. Okay. You should send out calendar invites like week f- after week 5. Trade <laughs> trademark Ingram. Yes. I really five. should. You really should. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll put that in the Shock Fantasy Slack channel. I'll put reminders. Time to trade for X. All right. I think there's one. There's one I last get 10%. Team, right? One more a tough start, and that is, and this one I love. This one I'm just relishing right here. The Green Bay Packers. Mm. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Jamal Williams. Here's what they get to start the year. Minnesota, Detroit, New Orleans, Atlanta, bye week. That didn't sound all that hard. Vikings defensive line has been ravaged uh, with uh, a variety of offseason losses. Well, Vikings, Detroit? Saints, and Falcons were top 10 against the run last year. Uh-huh. This plays perfectly into our anti-Aaron Jones narrative. The week five bye fits in with A.J. Dillon maybe getting a look at more touches yeah, maybe. after that and getting worked into the offense more and more. But they do have Tampa in week six, and Tampa was the top run defense last year. So they're bad through week six. Well done, Matt. I challenge you to come up with all this data for the first month schedule, the easy, the hard, and well, well done. Thank you for grinding all of that data. Let's go to our sleepers. At the end of every show, we release our sleepers. We begin with Brian Johnson. Who have you got this week? Kind of want to. When you start with. Well, it gets. Have some enthusiasm for your sleeper. I'm going to. I'm getting there. But Corey Davis. (laughs) Well, that that is requisite of that Um, reaction. In case you've forgotten, I I forgot the NCAA's career receiving leader going into the. Well, Final year of his rookie contract. Yes, were Western we, were, Michigan. Western was Michigan. That's right. Yeah, were we still playing Western Michigan? <laughs> Thanks football? for throwing that in there in a you know, <laughs> raining on my parade. Uh, injured last year, toe injury. Fully healthy now. Off the pup list. And, and really, here's my argument. See Devontae Parker. Post hype sleeper paid off last year. If anyone's going to do it, it's six foot three wow. Corey Davis, mm-hmm. blue chip prospect. Will have the best quarterback when he's been healthy in his career. That's he's true. Had yeah, of garbage. course, he had, he had Ryan Tannehill for twelve of the you know whatever twelve fourteen games last year, and he was pretty much 
thrust into an alpha dog role as a rookie, but now he's got A.J. Brown, Jonu Smith John to take Smith. off the John heat. Smith's a number two. And, of course, Derrick Henry to keep defenses honest. So, Corey Davis, you basically get him your last pick these days. Could pay off uh, as a wide receiver two, wide receiver three, uh, certain points. Corey Davis going off the board is player number 236 yeah, in draft. Mm. Um, my sleeper is Paris Campbell, yeah. second-year wide receiver from Indianapolis. I was really optimistic about Paris Campbell last year as a rookie, but he suffered a horrific hand injury, just brutal, that cost him much of the season. I want to remind people, at the Combine last year, twenty the 20, I guess that would have been the 2019 Combine, he was a 99th percentile spark player. 99.4, I believe, percentile spark player at the Combine. He is a Percy Harvin type receiver who is incredibly fast. He ran a 4-3-40 at the Combine, but he's also strong and powerful. He can do a lot after the catch. Here is head coach Frank Reich on Paris Campbell last week. Do your Frank Reich voice. I don't know his voice. Just do it. Hap- it happens to be a lot like mine, okay. fortunately. Very similar. He looks strong, fast, explosive, with good hands, and understands the offense, and he's very consistent. Oh, that sounded just like Frank Reich. I, notably. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I fool his wife on a regular basis with that. <laughs> Reminder, you know, Paris Campbell was a second rounder last year, so they've got high draft pick equity in him, and currently he's the number two target behind only T.Y. Hilton in the, uh, on that offense. I like Paris Campbell currently going off the board in round 17 of fantasy drafts, undrafted. Now, Brian and I are both in a, we are in a slow auction right now, and Brian has got the high bid on Paris Campbell mm-hmm. at two dollars. Balling. Should I bid up? No, Paris absolutely. Campbell? I. He feels like he should be worth at least three, right? Shut up, Matt. What do you think, Matt? I think at least put put in the bid of five on the slow auction. By that, the way, that'll take Brian out for sure. I I I, uh, I acquired Nick Chubb in that auction. The guy. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, while you're making bids, why don't I give you my my sleeper? Uh, I'm hedging my bets. (laughs) Yes, who is your sleeper? Uh, My sleeper, uh, Nicole Hardman of the Chiefs. It was only a year ago that Hardman was looking like the guy who would just slot into that offense to replace Tyreek Hill. They're similarly built for speed receivers. Hill had the fastest clock time in the NFL last year at 22.8 miles per hour when he chased down Damian Williams on a touchdown run. Well, Hardman had the fastest speed on a scoring play last year at 21.7 miles per hour. Uh, Hardman tied for the league lead in 25-plus yard touchdown receptions mm-hmm. last year with five. Yeah. And he's entering year two in a Patrick Mahomes offense, and you don't have to draft him till round nine. And he finished as the 49th wide receiver in fantasy last year, but he only had 26 receptions. If you double that this year and give him 52, which is about what Sammy Watkins had, he'll easily go over 1,000 yards and probably improve on six touchdowns that he had last year. Yeah, it's all about consistency and targets for Nicole Hardman. You know, mm-hmm. with, if they give him the targets, he has game-breaking ability on almost every play. The problem was they just didn't target him last year. I think 23 targets on the season? That's it. Yeah. Well, he had 26 receptions, so 26 receptions. I hope Sorry, he had more. Was 26 receptions. <laughs> all right, thank you very much. Uh, if you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast. He caught two podcast. balls in one target. Uh, that's hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, check out the podcast Fantasy Football Weekly. Um, you can get back and, and hear all of the various segments, including our very valuable Inside the Five Two segments that we had earlier in this show. We highly recommend that you do that. And also to check out my cheat sheet available for free at guillotineleagues.com. We'll be back next week for more Fantasy Football Weekly.
Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.